Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Pro Football Bias Plus Reports and the Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings. And this is Ben and Barry on football. And I'm glad you got all that out on the first try. <laughs> it was fast accurate though. I don't know if you realized that. <laughs> but you got it all out. My name's Ben Dickerson. <laughs> I'm your co-host. The Super Bowl is over. Let the offseason begin. Ben, yeah, we could take a uh, almost take a breather. Except that I was listening to um, one of the coaches. And I don't know if it was Mariucci, and it was like, okay, so what what happens now? You know, you won the Super Bowl. He's like. Man, you got to get right to work. You're already behind. The other teams have already been working for like the last few weeks, you know, getting ready for the draft, getting ready for this. Getting, it's like a lot of work to do. You ain't got no time. You know what I mean? So right. kind of in that situation. So let's get ready to kick it off with the first quarter. Let's just talk about what we thought was going to happen and what happened. All right, so yeah, what we thought was going to happen, or at least what the Bias Plus report thought was going to happen, based on net points and based on turnover differential, those are the two main stats that went into this. It was the L.A. Rams at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bias Plus score of 10 favored the L.A. Rams. But I was rooting for the Bengals. I said it. I was rooting for them. My Niners had broken their hearts before, and you know, I kind of, I kind of liked them uh, for a number of different reasons. McPherson is the kicker. You know, I like the kicker. I like his name. But there were some things I didn't like. But let I'll let you. You know, let's talk about how you did and what you thought about your pick and how it went. Well, I picked the Cincinnati Bengals uh, on the strength of, well, they, I had several reasons also for wanting them to win the game <clears throat> and thinking that they would win the game. Uh, one of the main reasons why I thought they would win the game was because uh, of their turnover differential over the course of the season, as opposed to the Rams turnover differential. It was far and away uh, the Bengals uh, were far and away stronger in that category. I thought if anything could be a difference maker, that would be it, along with the fact that I believed that the Cincinnati Bengals would have a better running game uh, with Joe Mixon uh, being just as good, if not better, than all three of the backs that the Rams proposed to play going into the game. This is, these are my thoughts before the game. Also, I felt that receiver-wise, if they weren't equal, and I can't actually say they were equal because no matter how great a rookie year Jamar Chase had, Cooper Cup was otherworldly this season, and therefore that would have to elevate his receiving core a little bit above um, the Bengals' receiving core, but the difference was not that great. In fact, it surely was not that great considering when you look at three receivers down, I like Tyler Boyd, Boyd way better than Van Jefferson. So if you go Cup and Chase, Beckham and Higgins, 
Jefferson and Boyd, again, I like the Bengals' chances as a receiving core. Quarterback-wise, look, I, I look at these guys as equals as far as, and this, again, is going into the game, as far as um, arm strength, reading defenses, not being super turnover prone, which, in fact, that goes in the favor of Joe Burrow over <laughs> Stafford. Um, you know, I, I, everything said to me that the Bengals should win the game. Now, as we talk about the game, as I'm watching it, everything I not necessarily predicted, but what I was leaning on was all coming true. Stafford threw two interceptions. Mixon out clearly outrushed all three of the Rams running backs. The receiving core was doing their thing. Beckham started out hot and looked like he was going to, about to have a big day, which really scared me. Then he got injured. Unfortunate. I hated to see it happen. It was a non-contact injury. I don't know if it was on the knee that he had injured before. I think it was actually the other knee. Nevertheless, he's out of the game. Now the difference between Tyler Boyd over Van Jefferson becomes even greater now because now Van Jefferson has to step up to the number two guy. He did not perform. This was the Bengals game to have. The Bengals should have won this game. The Bengals played well enough as a team to win this game until they got into the fourth quarter. Two things happened. Number one, their clear weakness, which was their offensive line, finally folded. People are saying, oh, their line stinks. Those guys did a stellar job for two and a half, almost three full quarters. Uh, what's his name? Aaron Donald. I think he had no sacks and maybe two hurries in the first half. I, I couldn't even remember. I remember I texted you. I said, have you heard Aaron Donald's name yet by halftime? They were doing a bang-up job. But the biggest thing I think that happened to Cincinnati and, and caused their demise was when the Rams, trying to come from behind, got into the red zone, and then basically got eight downs to score because of some ticky-tack penalties that I saw worse happen in the first half, and they weren't called. You give, enough, you give a good team too many opportunities down inside the five-doggone yard line, eventually they're going to score. Not to mention when you can get in close and match up Cooper Cup against Eli Apple, that's a disaster waiting to happen. But it shouldn't have gotten to that if not for the questionable calls. I'm sorry, those were questionable calls. Other than that, it was a really good game. I enjoyed the halftime show. I thought the game all going near went down to the wire and then to make matters worse and this is the last thing i want to say about it is you put up the picture of jamar chase running downfield butt naked clean with jalen ramsey laying on the ground going oh no and joe burrow gets sacked so they still could have pulled it out but what are you going to do? Really good game. I'm not going to call it a great game. It was a really good game. Uh, I immediately at the final gun said Cooper Cup has got to get the MVP. 
but I thought they might give it to Stafford. They didn't. They gave it to Cup. I was happy about that. And all's well that ends well. But in my heart of hearts, I don't think the better team won. Well, uh, there's so much that we agree on and then there's intersections of information that, that I wanted to throw in there because I, you know, I want to be a total Monday uh, morning quarterback, but there were certain things I was looking for. And then uh, it, was coming, it was coming up a little weird. And I was like, okay, why is the coach doing this? Okay. So first off, first quarter, like your first series, you go for it on fourth down on their own 50. Come I on. do not agree with that. I, I really, really, I told you before, I think that they think it's a show of strength. And to me, I think it's a show of weakness because you don't think you can play with this other team. You know what I mean? Field I position. Of co- at that point in the game, it's a show of confidence to me at that point where they were. I think he was playing scared. And again, you talk about the importance of field position. You know, you give your defense field position. One thing I had to say about their defense, they shut down the Rams' run game. Completely. That got shut down, okay? So I had to give them kudos for that part of their game. And, and uh, you know, it was better than what I expected. So I, I really thought that was bad, and it turned right into six points with OBJ. Bam, score. You know what I mean? So you can't just give up field possession to a team that has that level of explosive players. The other thing that struck me weird was on third down. And, you know, I focus in on third and fourth down because those are what I call turnover downs, you know? So they're very important. And I kept seeing turnover downs and Joe Mixon wasn't in there. And I went back and looked at the plays. There's at least four third downs one in the first quarter third and one gave it to perrine perrine zero game samaj p ryan 622 third and fourth pass to evans this is your second and your third down on the depth chart okay yep yep 958 third third down pass to evans in the fourth quarter 125 third with a pass to Perrine. Now, when I went back and looked, Nixon got 72% of the snaps, but it was on first down and second down. How many passes did he catch? <clears throat> How many targets? I think he was like five for five. They actually did a pretty good job. I'm going to give this to you in a second. They actually did a pretty good job um, on him relative to uh, playing him as a receiver, uh, he had four targets, three receptions, four yards, 1.3-yard average. They right. were, But now what that means to me, okay, when you have a guy like Mixon, when Mixon went to the flat, they had somebody go to the flat with him. Sure. So whoever went to the flat ain't in the middle. <laughs> You know what I mean? When you got a guy, and that's what I used to say about Kittle. When you got a guy who can dictate coverage, you know what I mean? Then you got to learn to use that against them. And I don't think that they did that, especially when you take them out, take him out. And he's your best player. He's the highest rate. We talked about it on the Madden. He was the highest rated player on the team, you know, 
You don't take him out on third down. You know, I heard some commentators saying, you know, uh, that fourth and that fourth down, the one before or, or the third, the down before where Aaron Donald uh, uh, sacked uh, Joe Burrow, down before that, they handed the ball off. Aaron Donald fought off a block, and as the guy was running by him, reached out with one hand, grabbed him, and stopped his momentum completely, okay? Right. And he did not get that first down. And I heard one of the commentators say, I don't think he would have stopped mixing like that. <laughs> okay. You know, so that to me I thought was strange. And then I, I, I guess I'll finish with this. <laughs> I'm watching the game and the entire time as they're going down the stretch. I'm going, don't let Cooper Cup beat you. Just don't let it happen. You can't say that. I can't say that. Because at some particular point, you know where it's going to go. And like you said. And you know what's going to happen. You can't definitely can't leave Eli Apple singled up on him. You yeah. got to have something in your defense to help out over there on Cooper Cup. Because beyond Van Johnson, or was it Van Jefferson? It was a yeah. guy named Skoranek or a guy right. named, you know, the guys that they would have to be the ones. You would have to hear miracle catch by Skoranek to win the Super Bowl. Because right. I was right. not, I would not, if right. I had the triple team. And you know who said it? That was funny. Um, um, the show. Uh, what 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 is it? Part pardon the interruption. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the old white guy. He's like, I'd have triple teamed him. <laughs> but I would have had people hitting him coming off the line. I'd have had somebody on the short and then somebody on the deep. And that you you know, you he's not going to be. That would have just been me. Maybe it's just my ego. But he, that guy's not going to beat me. And I just was going to make sure of that because uh, other than that. He's going to beat you because <laughs> he's that good. He is that good. And they have that much of a chemistry between him and Stafford. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful thing to watch, actually. You know, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers with his boy. You know what I mean? They kind of just have a good sync together, you know. But uh, what can I tell you? So that that's, as far as I'm concerned, that that's pretty much uh, the game and you know, uh, talent, I would say talent won out. You know, we talked about the 99 rated players on the Rams. They didn't have any of those on the uh, on, on the uh, Bengals. 93 was as high as rating. That was Mixon. Um, and you had your top talent, you know, your top talent, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. When it came money time, you know, they showed up and, and they got it done. As far as what you said about the the, the, the um, penalties, a couple things, and I've been seeing a lot of this lately. That ticky tack um, penalty that they called on the linebacker, which at the end of the game, which you know, putting that was horrible. There's a there's a picture, and I think I have it up on Ben and Barry on football. If not, I'll get it up there. Before the ball is snapped, Aaron Donald's across the line of scrimmage. He's offsides. <laughs> He's offsides and it never got called, you know. Not to mention the Rams were offsides on the touchdown. Right, exactly. Like three guys. <laughs> Everybody was offsides. So 
at, at least two, the right tackle and somebody else, both took a kick step back into pass protection before the ball was snapped. I watched it 23 times. <laughs> so, yeah, they got some breaks, but it's football. That's, that's referees. That's the human element. You know, you they're going to miss stuff. But that that penalty on the line, but he played that as perfectly as you possibly can. And yeah, I thought he got a little grabby on the back shirt, but I didn't think it was. Grab his shirt. I didn't think that he really changed the movement of the receiver at, Not all. at all. You Not know, at all. so that in terms of that, no, you know. Um, as opposed to Jalen Ramsey pulling somebody's shirt back so far you could see it from the top of the stadium. <laughs> and there was no call on that. No call, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I was cool because I'm like, okay, they're going to let them play. You know, that means hand fighting and all that. We're going to let that go unless it's egregious. And then this guy puts, if he did anything, he put his hand on the back of the receiver, but he did not close. Look at it again. His hand's open. You can see his fingers. So he didn't grab. His hand was on his back. He didn't impede his progress. He kind of felt his speed, watched the ball, got the other arm out, and knocked it down. That's a perfect defensive play. Right. For him to get called for a penalty, that's, that hurt. That was bad. Yeah. The one thing I will agree with you on, though, is – once it got to a situation where they're on the freaking one and Cup comes out and lines up in front of Eli Apple, at that point, you got to put your pride aside. Bring the freaking safety down and put the safety and the corner on him like he's a gunner on the punt team. If he go this way, you got him and you got him pinned to the sideline. If he comes this way, I got him. He ain't going nowhere. You're not getting off the line of scrimmage, bro. If that so guy was the funny name, if Skoranek beats us, <laughs> oh, well, oh it'll well. be a great story tomorrow. <laughs> but this dude right here, he's not going to beat us. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, all That's right. All right, well, we, we agree there. And one, uh, one other thing that I, that I, someone said, they said that the Rams defense struggled with screens. And the Bengals didn't run one screen the entire game. You know, we said you're going to have to outflank None? those guys. That's, that's yeah. Think about it. You can go back and look. I don't think they ran a screen the entire game. No, they did get them with though, which is almost sort of kind of in a weird way, like hitting you with a screen, and can affect you the same way as a screen. They did run several draw plays, and they were successful. So it's kind of the same thing. You 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 kind of let the D line get upfield, and then bang. So they took a different approach to it. They did have success with it. Um, in defense of the Bengals taking Mixon out and putting P. Ryan and uh, the other guy in, Evans. Those, those guys are the pass-catching backs. So if it's third down, especially if, if, it's, if it's third and six, you're going to put them in because that allows you to get the extra pass receiver out there. If it's third and one, I'm sure their mindset is we're going to put these guys in, but people know they can run the ball too. So that puts the defense in a quandary. We can either fake it to them. We can have them pass protect. 
We can swing them to the flat. It gives us a lot of options. Well, and, you know, I can see them thinking that. The, you know, and they probably used them in that way, even though that's I haven't what they've looked been at doing stats to confirm it. But I hear what you're saying. Uh, I think what I'm saying is I don't think any of those guys is as good a receiver as Joe Mixon. <laughs> so uh, that's that's debatable, but okay. well, we can know, debate Mixon it. Mixon gets a lot I, more touches than they do. I think so. that Joe it should have been Joe Mixon day. He at one point, I agree. I agree. So, I agree. However, I agree. you deploy it, that that's how you do it. All right, let's get ready to move on to a couple nice stories. Let's see. All right, Benny. So the thing I wanted to share. And I thought it was a, a, a nice story, was a little bit about the Cooper Cup family history. Ah, uh, yes. You, you heard about this? Well, I know that his father and his grandfather both played in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. He's the third generation. His brother actually played in the NFL on the Rams with him for one year. He's now a coach. Okay. But I just thought it was so neat, and it's the type of thing that we talk about legacy, family legacy, the legacy of football, you know what I mean? Um, to be able to go back and to see, you know, that, you know, he's, you know, he comes from, you know, a long line. He's got a legacy of football in his family. Um, and, you know, it's, I just think it's, it's really neat uh, to have that. So, I wanted to kind of mention uh, Cooper Cup in terms of his father, you know, and his brother, um, these guys. And, and, and Ben, this was back in, in the day when, you know, before they had, what is it, seven rounds in the draft now? Yeah. <laughs> they, they had a lot of rounds in the draft back in the day. Yes, they did. You know, so... I just thought that that was really neat, and I wanted to share that. Okay. Benny, I don't know uh, if you got a chance to see this, or you, I know you saw that on the, the post on our page. Brett Favre and <laughs> Mike Vick are playing flag football now. <laughs> did, you, did you know much about this game? Well, Michael Vick played last year when they had that um, sort of kind of uh, round robin tournament type thing. Uh, he did quarterback one of the teams. I forget how far they went, but they, they didn't make it to the final. No, yeah, that was uh, now it was him and, and Brett Favre on the same uh, team. I don't, rem I don't remember Favre playing at all. Okay. This was that that thing that they did last year. That was last year. That was super competitive. Was it? It was extremely competitive. Um, they had true flag football players from across the country that they used to put these teams together, and just, I think it was only one or two teams that had former NFL players on it, 
And I don't think either one of those teams made it to the final. Maybe one of them did. I'm not sure. Um, I know Vic's team didn't. Um, there's a guy that's active in flag football right now. His name is Mike DeMartelier. Um, he just won. He's won several national championships at different levels. Uh, we just came back from Florida from the Nationals back in January. Uh, his nine-man team won national title again this year, a team called Main Event. So he's still playing. He actually played in that. I think he played on a team that was called Red Alert or something like that. I'd have to go back and say that one more time. He kind of broke up a little bit for a second. Okay. You want me to start from the beginning? But just right before you said Red Alert. Well, I believe that was the name of the team that he quarterbacked. I believe okay. it was called Red Alert. Okay. It was either called Red Alert or Code Red. And they played in that. It was televised. You watched some of the games. It was televised, seven-man, non-contact flag football, which is basically the rules that they were playing under. And the games were on a few weekends in a row. So he is an active flag football player in this area that had the, the opportunity to play in that so-called league for the one time that they did it. Now, supposedly they're going to bring that back because off of that, they're trying to take flag to the Olympics. So they have to have some kind of a showcase to get it into the Olympics. So I believe they're going to bring that back and try to make it more like a real league. Uh, it's a very fast game, very exciting. Uh, personally, I would prefer the full contact style of eight-man flag football, but the seven-man non-contact style is interesting in itself. Um, it, it enhances the skills of the, uh, the, the um, skill position players like the quarterbacks and the wide receivers mostly. There's no real room for, for linemen or you know true linemen or anything like that. It's all speed and, and route running and, and great passing and, and run after the catch ability. That's what the flag game is all about. So, you know. Now, if, if they want to put something together to bring back old dudes like Vic and Favre and all, that'd be fun too. Personally, I think that's what the Pro Bowl should be. But to really enhance the Pro Bowl, they should have the regular – well, you can't really do that because that leaves the No, you can still have your Pro Bowl selections, but the linemen just simply get to put the fact that they got picked for the Pro Bowl on their resume. The skill position players should play the game, but they should play it as flag. Now, the fast guys, the Tyreek Hills and all that, now we really get to see them run. You know what I mean? The great route runners, now we really get to see them work without helmets, without pads, you know. Now the quarterbacks, all these scrambling, running quarterbacks and great in the pocket. Court, now we really get to see their footwork and their skills with no pocket to step up into. It, it, I think that would be a great game. I think people would like it. I think people would say, oh, flag, eh. But let's face it. 
if you play regular football in the Pro Bowl and nobody's hitting, what difference does it make? At least you have to be competitive to pull the person's flag off. It is not easy. Trust me. People on the outside looking at flag football, oh, man. But until you've played it and really watched it, you don't realize how challenging it actually is. I had a different idea. I had heard someone else pose what you said, and it kind of struck me as kind of making sense, you know what I mean, if you want to do it. Um, one of the challenges still is that they have it scheduled for before the Super Bowl, and I don't think anybody playing in the Super Bowl is going to play any flag football of anything. No, they're not. So no. the, your, your top players aren't necessarily going to be there. So this, I don't know why they scheduled it for before the, the, the Super Bowl. I think it was a mistake. Um, I think that it should be after the Super Bowl. And I think that my big money idea is still kind of out there. But it would be called something like the Fantasy Bowl. And I think there could be a marriage of fantasy and big money in a serious game that could pull players in almost on an international basis and have a really serious game for some serious money. You always have to figure out how you're going to get the money. But, you know, big time fantasy roller might be able to do it. You know what I mean? As an as a owner or something like that. I don't have it all figured out yet. Cause you know, I'm not a fantasy guy, <laughs> but you know, between fantasy and what else would it be? You know, um, uh, you know, regular game type thing. You, you still got to pick teams, but yeah. you, you want, in you order want to do that, to play. that's the main thing. You want them to play real football at the very least. It, 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 if you're going to do something like the first thing, like that, the first thing you have to do is you have to have players commit to playing players have to say yes i will play then you have a pool of players once you have a pool of players then you can draft it's only seven on seven so you only need what a 15-man roster maybe 16-man roster maybe if if that be plenty of players to go around and this thing about the best player you're going to have the best players you just won't have players that play in the Super Bowl, even if you play it the week after. If I win the Super Bowl, I'm not playing in that. <laughs> if I lose the Super Bowl, I'm not playing in that. Of course I'm either not. partying. That's why I said but what difference does it make? Some big money. Big money. That's not going to make those guys play. Okay. Maybe maybe two guys. Everybody has their price. I heard maybe two. Okay, well you 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 you're going you're Everybody you're going past your price. It's all not. Right. First of all, it ain't that important. <laughs> money, money. No, money. it's it's not that important to get up the money. You want you going to get? You want is, is, it, is, it, is it that important to have Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup playing that game? That's up to Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup, but they don't want them. No, is, no, is it that important to get up enough money that you think will attract those two guys? You got everybody else. Who else you want in it that's in the Super Bowl? Hey, look. What other, Super, really what other players, players 
What are the players? There's a lot of really good players. teams. Do you say I gotta have that guy? We gotta get this money up because we gotta have these guys. And it's, it's only two teams: the Rams and the Bengals. I gotta have these guys off of those two teams. How many people are we talking about? You know, you need to field the team. You need at least what? 11. You got the whole. You got thirty teams to choose from. So what? 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 what what's the problem? What's the problem? What it's not about? a problem. You 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 you're making it harder than it needs to be. You have thirty teams worth of skill position players to put this on. You don't need players from the from the from the from the Super Bowl teams. You're talking about going out and digging up all this extra money to pay three or four guys to make this work. It'll work without them. Screw them. They're not going to play. So are you, you, don't need the, you, you say you don't need the big money? No, you don't need those players. You're doing extra work for no reason. You're so doing you're extra work to drag you up money. put it before the Super Bowl because you don't need those players. Is you that can do it before the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl. If you're going to do it after the Super Bowl, then you think you're going to do it after the Super Bowl because you can get players from off the two Super Bowl teams. I'm telling you, you don't need them. They okay. don't want to play anyway. What, what, and then you're going to try to make somebody play that doesn't want to play by incentivizing it with extra money. Why? Why? Why is it so important that I got to go out and get all this money to get a guy who don't really want to play to come play when I have 30 teams worth of skill position players that will put on a great game? Why do I need Jamar Chase? Why do I need Cooper Cup? When I got Devontae, Stefan, Amari. Da, 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 da. I didn't say that you needed those guys specifically. I just well, get that them. put it after the Super Bowl. There might be some people from the from those two teams that that you know they're I big stars it. now. They might maybe. want to be a part of that. You know, maybe, maybe but not. Remember, but it's story the Pro Bowl. Short, I understand what you're saying. It's the That's Pro Bowl. It's only uh, a couple pro, bowl, of pro bowls on each pro team. Bowl, or in my case, you know, the fantasy bowl. Um, but long story short, um, that's that's you know, that's beyond what we're gonna do for right now. Um, but I do like the idea. I like your idea, I like my idea, I don't like the current idea. <laughs> I don't think anybody likes the current idea. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody even give one inkling of saying that they like the Pro Bowl the way it is. <laughs> it's great. Not even a little bit. All right. So the whole time we've been talking, I've had this young man's picture up here. 17 years old. It's incredible. Is that amazing? I mean, and, and I guess he's a running back? He's a Is running that... back. He's 17 years old. He benches 415 pounds. Squat 615, deadlift 720. That's absurd. That is absurd. Okay. <laughs> you got guys coming out of college that are touted as first round picks in the NFL draft that get on the bench and can only bench 225 10 times. And this guy's max is 415. Stop it. Amazing. It's insane. Amazing. 
The one thing they don't have here is this 40 time. I was wondering about that. <laughs> I can guess it's 40 time looking at his thighs. <laughs> I'm sorry. That might not sound right. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's that's four that's sub four four thighs right there. Sub four four? Sub four four thighs. Are you serious? Sub four four. We can look him up real quick. What's his name? Brinson? You go ahead. I'll, I'll find him. What's his first name? Ray? Branson Robinson. B R A N S O N. Robinson. Branson Robinson. Robinson. You look at a kid like that and you think, okay, he's coming out now. He's a senior, right? Senior in college, right? No, he's a <laughs> junior in high school. 5'10", 220, already the perfect running back size for the NFL. It's from Madison, Mississippi, Germantown High School <laughs> in Madison, Mississippi. Wow. 24-7 Sports has him as the number 62 nationally ranked over everybody, the number four running back. He's number one in Mississippi. This is crazy. I don't think I'm going to see a 40 time in here, though. I'd have to dig a little bit deeper. I don't, I don't want to take the time to do that. But the kid is obviously uh, this, this, this. Guess who to compare him to? Samaj P. Ryan. Are you serious? Yeah, just plays for the Bengals. What? Probably, probably because of his size and his build. Rocked up, thick frame running back with NFL muscle and strength. Bruising runner, great steam between tackles. Churns out yards after contact. Constantly grinds out short to intermediate runs. Shows efficient uh, movements. Jump cuts, cutback ability. Big time production, built to carry the load. This is 17-year-old we're talking about. <laughs> now... Doesn't appear to have great straight line speed. I was wrong to run away from defenders at this stage. But the kid's still young. Ran 11-4 in the 100. Well, at least he's running 100. 9.74 yards per carry. God dang. Are you serious? Damn. Are you serious? <laughs> I I, can't, I don't even want to know anymore. Had official visits. He's been uh, whoo. Uh, he went. He visited Georgia. He visited Alabama. Visited Tennessee. Committed to Georgia. Georgia Bulldogs, baby. That's where you're gonna find him next year. All right, we'll have to keep an eye out on that. Dude. I thought that that was crazy there. So who put this out? I forget who. Uh, PFF mock draft. <laughs> oh, good. Pro Football Focus. We like them. The Bengals. I, I, I trust them. Yeah. Look at the positions. I just thought it was hilarious. Tackle, tackle, guard, guard. Yeah. That's. <laughs> bro. 
I don't know who number 77 is. I don't know his name. But he he got manhandled all season. They used the center to help him all through the first half. And all the Rams did was they mixed up their, their rush schemes a little bit where they moved Aaron Donald from this side to this side, put him outside, put him inside until he they got him singled up. And he pushed him backwards like he weighed 10 pounds. That guy's got to go. He's the right guard for the Cincinnati Bengals. The right Bengals. guard is Hakeem Adonji. Okay. Get him out of here. have a Jackson Carmen and a Trey Hill behind him. Let me just All say. Right. He'll be lucky to be on the practice squad Number next 77. Yeah. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. I just he thought it was hilarious. This guy, oh, they got a Mitchell on here. They got beat up in the uh, interior linemen, centers and guards and tackles. <laughs> all of them. That's it. What else do they need? Really? <laughs> when you think about it, what else they need, do they need? They need another corner. And I was getting ready to say they need another yeah, corner. Exactly. You know, Eli Apple will be on his fourth team next year. You know, because he, he played, he already played for the Giants. He was a bust. He played for the Saints. He was a bust. Now he's playing for the Bengals. And he had a decent season, but when teams needed to go after somebody, they went after him. Okay. So if they get a good corner in the draft or pick up somebody in free agency, he will probably be moving on to his fourth team. The guy can play, but he's at the low end as far as corners are concerned. I'm sure we could go back to pro football focus at a later date and find out where exactly he is ranked. Cause you know, they watch every down, every play of every player to rank them. And if there's 70 corners in the league, you know, he might be number 68. I don't know. He's, he's I don't think he's that he, I don't think he's that far down, but you know, again, you know, he needed help, and I think that they made, made up. They signed their coach to a nice long-term contract there, the Bengals coach. As they should. As they should, I agree long-term with Long-term contract, so. Uh, He's got uh, a good thing going there. Now, wouldn't this be weird? The site of the 2023 Super Bowl is in Arizona. There's, there's, there's no chance of that. Okay, so we can stop that right there. At the beginning of 2021, or the beginning of 2020, when 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 Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers, people start talking about this right away, where the Super Bowl was going to be. As soon as Stafford went to the Rams, people started talking about it right away, where the Super Bowl was going to be. This right here, that ain't going to happen. Kyler Murray right now is having a hissy fit. He's having a Ben Simmons meltdown because somebody said something about it. Several writers have come out and said he is self-centered, petty, a crybaby. Bruh. He's so I don't know. I don't so, even know if he's so, gonna be a cardinal next year. This is the funny part about it. What you're saying, and it makes sense when you think about him at quarterback. But if all of a sudden you switched him out and put in Aaron Rodgers, 
bam, everything changes. Everything so, changes. That's true. And that's kind of what happened in 2021 and 2022. <laughs> Good point. Good point. You're absolutely right. So, okay. When you look at it that way, <laughs> the, and the only reason I started out saying what I was saying was because under normal circumstances, this is a guy that you expect to be there. But right now, today, Kyler Murray may not be there in the future. He may not be there next season. He might be trying to work his way out of there. They might be looking to get somebody else. I don't know. But there, there's trouble in paradise out there in Arizona. That's for sure. Well, we want to say congratulations to Hugh Jackson. Uh, he um, is getting a, uh, what does he get? Approved by the ULS Board of Supervisors to pay him a base salary. Said it was, what, did, what did he get? He got picked up as Grambling State's coach. He's going to be the coach. That's what it looks like here. Let me double I mean, check. I, I, I mean, I, that's a good thing. Four-year, $1.6 million deal. Well, you know, this is the thing. And it was interesting because once he came out in support of, uh, of, of Florio yeah. and, and the uh, suit against – so I'm thinking, you know, they keep saying Florio won't get another job in the NFL. And I'm thinking, okay, he was not going to get one either. So, you know, good thing that he was able to go get that. Ah, uh, those incentives include $10,000 for each win against an FBS opponent. Okay. That won't happen in the first couple of years. $15,000 for winning a Black College National Championship. All right. Well, he's going to have to deal with Dion and Eddie George for that. Yeah, sure enough. 5000 25,000 for winning the Celebration Bowl, 10,000 for winning the SWAC division. Those are nice incentives. Coach of the year, those are all great incentives. He probably won't hit any of them, but congratulations to you, Jackson, for becoming the coach of Grambling University. It's a prestigious place to be as far as, you know, HBCU football is concerned. Um, he should be proud. And I'm happy for him. Whether he could turn their program around or not, we shall see. But this is a good thing. This is actually a good thing. He's going to get 25% of the funds from new revenue-generating initiatives, promotions, opportunities, or sponsorships resulting in a university contract that did not previously exist. Now, if you remember... What Dion was able to do, and Hugh Jackson's not Dion, no doubt about it. The star power is not the same. But I think they they mentioned somewhere in the area of $33 million economic benefit to the city of Jackson, something right. of that nature. Right. So, you know, all of these pros going back to the historically black colleges are really creating a stir. You know, people are getting excited about the op you know, the opportunities and what's going on. So you know, there could be some additional revenues. Um, the kids, you know, everybody's now, the kids can can market their own names, but the, the schools can market their names too. You know what I mean? So uh, there could be some money there in addition to those, uh, those incentives. So I just wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity 
to uh, congratulate uh, Hugh Jackson for that, um, for that, you know, for that uh, contract. Grambling, Grambling, Grambling was. Do you think Grambling was known as a good football school back in the day? Yeah, yeah. As I as I remember it, as I back when back when NFL teams heavily scouted HBCU teams, which I would say probably was the 50s and the 60s, Grambling was big time then. You, they got a lot of guys out of Grambling. They got guys out of Morgan, got guys out of Southern. Uh, your school, FAMU, Bob Hayes. Bob didn't Hayes. He to Florida, didn't he go to Florida now? Sure did. Okay, see, that's yeah, they when they needed certain positions, they knew where to go. You know, Mean Joe Green, uh, uh, Strahan, they all they all went to HBCUs. So it's 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 only kind of lately, like the '90s and the 2000s, where they've kind of started to stray away, uh, not stray away, but not look so so hard at HBCU schools simply because all the better players are going to regular D1 colleges, you know? But that looks like it's about to change. That absolutely looks like it's about to change. Um, I want to mention... <laughs> One thing before we wrap up, and then I'll let you uh, you go ahead. Um, I was doing a little bit of research, and I was so surprised that the name Johnny Cochran came up as part of NFL history. Okay. <laughs> and what happened was this. As a reaction to the 2002 firing of head coach Tony Dungy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dennis Green of the Minnesota Vikings. At the time, Dungy had a winning record and Green had just had his first losing season in 10 years. Right. Civil rights attorney Cyrus Mayrie and Johnny Cochran released a study showing that black head coaches, despite winning a higher percentage of games, were less likely to be hired and more likely to be fired than their white counterparts. And when was this 2000 what? Two. Wow. And yeah. so out of that <clears throat> um, study came a lawsuit. And out of that lawsuit, in order to avoid it, you had the establishment of the Rooney Rule. So that's where it came from. <laughs> so they didn't just cook this up out of the kindness of their hearts. Thank you, Johnny Cochran. They still got off easy because yeah. the, the Rooney Rule is full of loopholes. But what it did was it made it look like they were making an effort. And I think it was a good-natured effort 
I think they really thought, you know, if we make this rule, then the teams will give more opportunities to black guys to get interviewed. But like we talked about last week, the bottom line is the owner makes the decision. The owner makes the decision. Hey, you know, they'll say the GM makes the decision, but the owner makes the decision. And or 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 he tells the GM, this is what I'm looking for, or this is what I'm not looking for. Okay. So at that point, all you have to do then is interview three non-white guys. Yeah, because they actually changed it at one point from black to minority. Yes. So you can do a minority as opposed to just an African-American. Right. But yeah, I, when I saw Johnny Cochran's name, I'm like, okay, this is a bit of black history. That's cool. I did not know that. <laughs> I thought, you know, that the conversation was happening. And then the NFL says, you know what? Because they, uh, I thought the Rooney family actually came up with it. But I knew, I thought it was NFL driven on its own as opposed to you know i did not know that that's that's amazing yeah thank you for that i appreciate it so i just thought that was amazing all right that's about it for me you got any last words no that's it for me man go knows hey man it's been a great season um we're going to follow through with more information um we got the drafts coming up we got free agency popping uh, we have a football game this coming weekend, right? The HBCU Bowl or something of that nature comes really? up this weekend. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I believe you might have something of that nature. So tune in, Ben and Barry on football at www.benandbarryonfootball.com. Peace.